Before we get into this episode, I just want to say a huge thank you to our supporters, Festival Republic. You've probably spent a weekend in a field with them at some point. They put on some of the UK's best-known festivals. They're also leading when it comes to sustainability. This year, they're collaborating with Music Declares Emergency to transition their event power to grid energy and are displaying the carbon footprint of the food on sale. They've already switched single-use plastic bottles to those made from recycled materials, brought in deposit return schemes for cups and are zero waste to landfill. They're actively engaged in greening the music industry through Vision 2025, a body bringing outdoor events and climate goals together. Sounds Like a Plan is all about ideas and solutions, so it made sense to me to team up with one of the most proactive festival organisers out there. One of their main events is Wilderness, a festival of music, arts, food and well-being. It takes place in the stunning surroundings of Cornbury Park, Oxfordshire, between the 4th and the 7th of August 2022. Tickets are on sale now. Head to wildernessfestival.com for slash tickets to get yours that's wildernessfestival.com forward slash tickets so big up festival republic for their support and their essential work they say their job is to preserve the live music experience for generations to come and that is something we can all get behind Hello and welcome to Sounds Like a Plan, a podcast all about how the music world is taking action in the climate crisis. I'm journalist and podcaster Greg Cochran. And I'm Faye Milton, a musician, producer and co-founder of Music Declares Emergency. This time on the podcast, we're joined by guest Jake Taylor, vocalist in the Australian metalcore band In Hearts Wake, to hear about their groundbreaking new documentary film, Green is the New Black. It's the story of the band's journey to making a fully carbon neutral album, and we'll hear about how they did it. And of course, we'll leave you with some recommendations before we go. So let's get into the podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation we shared with singer Pip Miller and vegan chef Rachel Ammer last time out. It was a really, really fun one. Um, just a reminder, because I always forget to say this, you can stay in touch with us outside of the podcast. We are Sounds Like a Plan podcast on Instagram, and also you can email us. We are Sounds Like a Plan podcast at gmail.com. Um, Faye, I'm quite keen to sort of just dive into talking about our guest and some of the context around the discussion we had on this uh, this week's podcast straight away, if that's all right. Um, I think like loyal listeners of Sounds Like a Plan might remember that we had um, the Australian musician Heidi Lempfer on the podcast way back. I think it was I think it was May 2021. It was one of the early episodes that we shared at the podcast. Still one of the most inspiring episodes and guests that I think we've ever had. Um, do scroll back on your podcast player wherever you're listening to this and find that one. But from that we got a sense that the Australian music scene is really coming together around the issue of climate change in the past couple of years. Um, Faye, I was wondering what impression you have of that, whether you've seen any of that, whether you've had any contact with your sort of colleagues in Australia and, and what your, your sort of views on that are? Absolutely well there's this amazing organization called Green Music Australia and they've been uh, you know plying away for many years bringing musicians into the climate movement and just sort of really helping to to make those conversations happen and we actually uh, with Music Declares Emergency we partnered with them to join forces on the No Music on a Dead Planet campaign because we thought, you know, it's it's we're greater in greater numbers. Music's universal, mm. climate issues are universal. Let's get together and do it. 
And they absolutely blew it out of the water this Earth Day. They got so many people involved. They had like Tame Impala, Jimmy Barnes. They had um, the Avalanches. They had all of these musicians that um, are really, really keen to speak out on the topic. And it's also an incredibly important time over there because they're just coming up to a general election. And I don't know if our listeners know all that much about Australia's um, actions in the climate sphere, but they're not known as one of the countries that are taking a lot of action. In fact, I think they're ranked probably one of the worst offenders using a lot of fossil fuels, using a lot of energy, having a lot of waste per person. Um, And yeah, just generally, they're not ranking that well. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons is if they haven't had great leadership on it. So um, there's a huge opportunity now with the forthcoming Australian election to change that up. Um, and Jake talks a little bit about that in the podcast, which it's all sounded quite hopeful. But um, yeah, we were really excited to see how many Australian musicians just got on board. So um, if listeners want to give Green Music Australia a follow, it's just at Green Music Oz. Um, or Green Music AU, I think, on the social media. So, yeah, give them Mm -hmm. a follow and see what's happening in Australia. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this ties in nicely, obviously, because our guest on this week's podcast is Jake Taylor, who is the vocalist in the Australian metalcore band In Heart's Wake. Um, He's also a filmmaker and a self-proclaimed thrivalist. I love that term. Um, Faye, you asked him about that in the chat we're about to play out. But Jake has made this incredible documentary film. It's called Green is the New Black. And it's a story of a band who've always been interested in environmentalism and conservation, but who reached a real moment of confrontation. They really looked at themselves in the mirror and decided to make an album that was fully carbon neutral. Um, This involved a whole lot of stuff. um, And and the film itself is a surprisingly emotional watch, I found at least. And as Faye just said, for a couple of reasons, this is really timely because Green is the New Black has been premiering in different cities across the world the past couple of weeks, Uh, London, Toronto, all across Australia. Um, And Jake has been doing some online Q&As with those and there's been an an amazing response. Um, And as you just said, there's a national election in Australia in a couple of weeks and uh, they are very much a country that's traditionally been way behind in their um, climate policy. So this is a really pivotal moment to be having this discussion um anyway i guess we should get into it um do go and follow in hearts wake and um green is the new black on socials they've got they've got channels for both of those um i'm sure they're going to post details of when the film is available to watch online um i cannot recommend it enough so we are really thrilled to have jake taylor join us on sounds like a plan Jake, welcome to the podcast and congratulations on the making of Green is the New Black. Um, can I just tell you what my first thought was when uh, after, straight after the credits rolled when I, when I watched the movie? I just thought, how can I get every artist, every music fan, every festival crowd to see this movie? Um, it, I just thought it was so impactful. So congratulations on that. I wondered like, if we could just start, if you don't mind, some of our listeners will be familiar with In Hearts Wake, your band, um, and some of them won't. Can you, can you, w- would you mind just giving us a little bit of background in terms of the band and how environmentalism has always played a part in what you do? Sure. So, yeah, I'm the vocalist of In Hearts Wake, and we started off in high school many years ago playing Battle of the Bands. We're a metalcore band. We get coined metalcore. Um, but, you know, there's a huge melodic side to what we do, very soft and melodic side. And then there's also very dark and heavy side. And I think that 
kind of encompasses the facets of life, the you know, bittersweet, light and dark, we are a duality. And we love to experiment with those colours. And coming from the place that is the Northern Rivers of New South Wales, uh, it's quite green. That, you know, it's, it's, that's an understatement. Um, and by green in many ways, but particularly the geography and the landscape is very green. And as we started to tour the world, we started to, I guess, realize that most of the venues that exist, you know, aren't in the nicest, I want to say nicest, like I'm judging them. They're not in the best, most like beautiful places. They're quite in these, you know, uh, back street alleys where, you know, things are quite real and quite gritty. Mm. And when you're, when you're doing that for a, a month or so, you start to feel a disconnect from home and what actually gives you a sense of um, grounding sense of balance. And then you come home and it's like, oh, wow, we're so lucky to have this abundance around us. And not just on a mental level, but just also on a, on a health level, I think, and the way the community interacts with that environment. And so thus started this, this need and desire to always look for a you know, piece of green on a map when you're in a city to try and find that park. And then that spurred the, well, if we need it, surely everyone must need this because we are as much a part of that green as it is a part of us. And so the, yeah, the journey to protect it and to, to look after it really stemmed 10 plus years ago, planting trees for records and it just has evolved. Yeah, and, and I want to parachute listeners into a moment that comes early on in the documentary. Um, so I'm, I'm not spoiling anything here, I don't think, but basically the band have completed a, a world tour supporting your, I think it was your fourth album. You're feeling quite sort of burnt out having done you know an awful lot of traveling. Um, then the wave of, the sort of youth activism movement comes in 2019 and there's this sort of injection of, you feel this injection of energy. And then coincidentally, the wildfires that we're all very familiar with that really ravaged Australia are happening. And, and you, it's this sort of like cumulative moment, isn't it? Can you take us directly into how that led to this sort of reset moment for the band? So, yeah, you know, you, I, I like to think of it as, you know, you're taking steps when whatever you do and we were taking those steps and eventually you get to the, you know, the, the edge of the shore where you, the water starts and the bigger steps really start happening. And it was through our marine debris cleanups we were doing around the world that we started to see things that we were cleaning up were actually things we were producing, I think was this realization with our fans and thus spurred the next big step, which is, well, we have to change, you know, our merch and change the way we make music. And then it just snowballed into this, oh my God, Pandora's box moment where it's, wow, we have to get to looking at the emissions themselves in, in what we do and how we move. And that that was with this, I think, yeah, in this overwhelm of like, whoa, this is a lot mixed with what the planet's going through, uh, be it, you know, the virus that shall not be named mixed with just this like, yeah, how, the, you know, we want to we wanna grow and get our message out there. But to do that is almost, you know, hypocritical and kind of ironic because it's creating more emissions and producing more waste. So it's just this like double-edged sword scenario that we were kind of caught in. I think when you start looking into, um, you start, you open that box and you start to think, right, we should stop using plastic bottles, but backstage it shows. And then you're, you start digging a bit deeper and you realize there's so many layers and there's so only so much you're in control of, but so much of it is out of control. And it's, I think within the, the um, like within the, the sphere of a touring band, you can really get an impression of what the entire, it's like a microcosm of the entire system where it's like you can control this much as an individual or as a band or as an artist. 
but there are all these things that are out of your control and so many things that are just part of the system of music, the fact that we do tour, the fact that we do make physical product and et cetera, et cetera. So it's, a, I think it's like a, a mini way of looking at the kind of global issue, but in a kind of way that's manageable to, to see. Yeah. And, and uh, Damon, who's in it, Damon Gamo, who's in our film, he says it really well um, that, you know, we've, we've developed and built, like we're built upon a system of fossil fuels. Mm. So to change anything overnight is, is virtually impossible. And to just be really, really kind on oneself in, at the same time, because, you know, I want to come to London and play for the, our fans over there because they deserve to, to be part of, you know, of sharing what is in heart's wake. But to do that, we have to get on a plane or catch a really, 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 really long, you know, boat ride, which isn't economical for two members that have children. So it's, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we have to be kind ourselves and just see, hey, like this is not perfect. Where can we make better steps? And I think it's through that, like just, yeah, through that kindness and that, that mentality of we're willing to do our best, but it might not be perfect, helps us and allows us to actually grow. Green is the New Back is basically the story of a band taking accountability, mistakes and all, you know, all of your learnings that go into it uh, in this journey to make a carbon neutral album, Kaliuga, from the very big measures to the tiny granular stuff. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you did that, the things, the type of things you actually had to measure on a day to day basis in order to to really understand that? So just on a on a record sense of like the music itself, making a record, we looked into like the power outlets to how many, you know, accounted the lights and found out what kind of uh, bulbs they were. These were the finer details of which our uh, aptly titled Earth Accountant needs to know in order to plug in the right formulas on her end. And, you know, just accounting for like a, a food usage per day, per member, like above averaging basically. And through that data and then going looking to the miles and the odometers and then the flight receipts and accommodation falls into it, but we were like working for the studio. So it kind of fell into this umbrella. You're able to sort of yeah quantify and create a footprint. And those are the basics off the top of my head that, that come to mind. Um, you can get nitty gritty with it all day, but those power readers on all that gear were giving us quite an indication of like how many kilowatts a day we were drawing. Um, and because this is new ground, like there isn't, you know, it's not, this is how you do it, where we're learning all the time and just doing our very best to capture all the data. Yeah. And so it's probably not perfect, but I feel like I was, I was pretty obsessive with it because I wanted, I wanted to actually know like how perfect <laughs> and how accurate the footprint could be mm-hmm. as well. So that's just the element of the music. And then there was, well, how do we produce it? Like we're, you know, what are we going to produce it on and what packaging is that going to come in and go out to stores? So there were all kinds of problems and hurdles around that, which come up in the documentary. And then you look beyond that. It's like, oh, well, there's the stage. What's happening on our stages and in our backstage rooms? And then how are we getting there? How are we getting home? And so this is the Pandora's box, but it's a fascinating one. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> is. And I think, I think as Faye mentioned earlier, it's helpful when you have a band um, like open up them, themselves to that kind of... Um, like chronicling of trying to do that, that's useful because everybody can see it and it's inspiring because you're not saying, hey, we've got the perfect solution to all this stuff. We're saying, well, look, look at all these things. We've got to try and navigate all of these these sort of challenges and obstacles. Like like you say, some of those things are the things that you had to do every day in terms of measurement. Other things were, you know, that there's a moment where um, 
you're trying to work with some some retailers and it's and some stock's gone into um into production that's 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 plastic covered and you're deliberately trying to avoid having any plastic on the on the actual uh, manufacturing of the album and it's it's a it's a real moment of frustration because you can just see how much effort you've gone into to try and avoid that so much effort and as as it's raised it's what's expected so to, to tell anyone you don't want plastic they're like wait what they almost have to double take they're like huh like but but that's that's how it comes contained it gets from a to b like why would you not want it like it's like you crazy yeah and you have to then explain that and so a lot can get you know lost in communication if it's not underlined put in bold and even then we did all of that and it's still somehow uh you know made its way into a shipment of cds so it's really yeah it's a challenge i think we're, we're having to like reconnect neurons almost um and redo mm-hmm. things in a whole new way it's going to take some time to uh, to properly iron it all out yeah and the figure you actually landed on was 26.5 tons of co2 to produce the album is that right and, and can you give it can can you give us some context for that what is that is that a lot is that not very much is that what's that sort of equivalent to did you did you manage to work any of that out i i think yeah actually there's a, there's another uh in the film another um heidi from cloud control does a, does uh a footprint on her band touring in 14 I think it's 14 size shows for two weeks and it comes out to 27 tons, which happened to be the same as our record. We, we upped it by half a ton. And that was the equivalent to, I think, a household of five persons for a year, I okay. believe. Um, yeah, I believe that's the equivalent to that. So that's just, yeah, an average household of five persons. So yeah, that's, that's, that's about how it is. It's hard because yeah, we don't know what 27 tons looks like. Like mm. I could be like, oh, it's it's twelve elephants, but even then, like <laughs> you know, like we don't. You always, yeah, used to seeing buses and elephants and things like that, but mm. carbon's a, a new one to measure. I mean, it seems like it seems like loads, but then everything's producing loads of emissions, isn't it? Where I mean, has it been quite an eye opener to to understand how much, how many tons of emissions just everyday things create? Yeah, it does sound like loads when you when you think just because a ton sounds like a huge measurement, even a ton of something. Uh, and the part to put into context here, go if I break down the twenty seven tons, if I recall correctly, it was. I should know this off by heart. I can't remember if it was fourteen or sixteen tons, but that was just a, from the return flights to get mm. from London to Australia. So you've got more than half is just in the flight alone, and that's us flying economy you know, with the screaming babies, you know, in the back of a plane, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a huge part of, of the emissions. So then beyond that, I mean, it's, it's the driving each day and stuff, which just falls onto, under kind of, to be fair, someone's actual regular movements, making a record or not. We all, whether we drive to work, get a tram or a train, we all eat, we all sleep, we all drink water and we turn the lights on and off. So that just falls under, under like a regular, like nothing, nothing unusual pattern to be fair. So it's just the planes that really fell under the irregular thing. It feels like we need one of those, like, you know, when you, you've got a bank account with an, an app that like pings you every time you spend money. It's like you need a little ping every time you use carbon. It's like you put the light bulb on, your phone goes bing. <laughs> <laughs> like you have, yeah, you have a new, like a credit limit. Yeah, like when your data runs out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a low data. So it'd have to be on like that. So we're not getting pinged all the time. You're like, oh, and then you just end up not moving. We'd all just stay in bed. <laughs> that would be like super low carbon way of living. <laughs> it's true. And that's, that is the smartest way to tour is to not tour at all. You know, that is, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, then we've got 
not only no music on a dead planet, we've got no music on an alive planet. So it's like finding, finding <laughs> yeah. a, uh, finding a balance. And, yeah. and a lot that gets missed is also if an artist has a, a message that's coming from a real place, that can actually have such a huge positive impact on those that listen to it because it reaches. Mm. So we can't always just judge on footprint. We have to look at, you know, what is the piece of art? What's the purpose? Why are we doing what we're doing? Is it just to make money or is it, you know, to extend and connect and to really be of service? And that's where we start to really step not only into purpose, into belief, but into commitment in what we're doing. And I think that's, you know, all, all human beings want that at the end of the day to feel that like, I know why I'm getting out of bed in the morning feeling like yeah. I feel, I feel it. And that's, that's what, that's what our mission is. So not to justify it, but finding a, a balance is, is, is the challenging part, but it's the right part. I think we, we had a chat before where we followed something to its logical conclusion that um, in order for music to really be worthwhile, you need to get loads and loads of listens out of one piece of vinyl because then per listen, your, um, the emissions are lower. But it does fall into the artist making, what, making uh, the product or the piece of art to say, hey, let's go for quality and not quantity so that it is listen to many times and so that I'm making less of it. And also in the quality, hopefully it's going to last longer. If we have that in our mindset, it changes what we create as, as producers as well. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, art, art can represent that value of um, having few, fewer things, but valuing them more. Jake, you've spent the past couple of weeks uh, premiering the film across uh, different places in Australia, um, the US, Canada and in London. Um, what have the responses been like? What have the responses been like? Really good. Yeah, the, the Q&A has been fantastic. That's the part that like I didn't foresee to be to be like so moving and affirming. Um, used to you know, doing we've done Q&As with fans before shows. And it's, you know, like, oh, how do you play this? What tuning? What guitar? What kind of strings? You know, like, I love what you guys do. But this following a piece, like following our journey and and taking people on a very emotional journey for us, uh, we've seen, like, I've, I, yeah, mothers, like, there's been some mothers in the crowd standing up with tears in their eyes. Some, you know, uh, one man, like, stood up and said, just, like, with tears, just an older man saying, like, I've been trying to do this since the 80s, trying to encourage, you know, I'm a promoter. And to see this doing now, it just makes me, it brings me so much joy and I'm so moved. And having that kind of feedback come into you, it's like, oh, wow, like, like we've, we've, we've created something special for people here. And yet at the same time, we don't know what the hell we're doing. We're just giving it a red hot go. Um, but <laughs> it's that like, it's that sort of, not cowboy mentality, but more just like, a, yeah, like, we're doing our best. We'll put it on the screen and for it to connect and be really real for people and their experiences. And then here also, did you think about this? Or I'm from here and like, uh, this is what it's like for my reality. And then it creates a discussion in the audience. And so, yeah, that kind of a response and hearing that back, then really it's like the film's the seed and that's the watering and it just, everyone just goes out and I hope and I feel like they're talking to their families and friends about it. Yeah. And that that's the important part. Yeah, and I think, one of the most inspiring things about the movie is how it gets deep into the sort of internal conflict that sits right at the heart of this issue for so many musicians and people working in the music community that 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 sort of 
that sort of tug, that sort of push and pull that we, we mentioned just a minute ago. Why was it important to you to be transparent and sharing with about that? The tug and the push and pull to be transparent. Well, I mean, accountability comes from transparency, comes from, you know, as on, being as honest as you can. And that, I think, is the new business model. Like, we look at a pack, like we look at anything and whether we want to support it because we like its packaging or its ingredients, we want to see where, you know, ideally where it came from and what's their little mission statement. And the more transparent producers, artists, creators and businesses can be, the more likely I think that the consumer or the, I hate the word consumer, but that the, the person, the audience member knows what it is they're supporting. And so I think that takes a lot of, you have to be bold to be transparent, particularly when you haven't been from the very start, you know, moment one, it's easy to be like brick by brick transparent because then you just build a glass house that hopefully won't get to smash. But for the most businesses, they build these solid things and they're like, oh, we don't want to let anyone in because how do we change what's happening behind the walls? So yeah, trying to unpack it, trying to be as, as honest and transparent as possible is, is the way forward. And yeah, it's okay to get it wrong as well. Mm. It's a bit of a vulnerable space to put yourself in. It really is, especially with cancer culture flying left, right and center, where, you know, one, one, one deed gets brought to, to the surface from something. And that's like, you know, like a politician's campaign might be over some for the right reasons. You know, I'm not going to judge right and wrong. But if we had to learn how to run before we could walk, we'd never get anywhere. And so we're caught in this really hard thing where people are even just scared to stand up and do anything because they feel paralyzed by, oh, what did I do 20 years ago? That might be taken out of context. Uh, or, or even if they don't know they've done something, there's this, well, maybe like, maybe I was in this photo with a plastic bottle. I don't know, unless I find that photo, then come and say like, yes, I did this thing. It's almost going to be used and weaponized against you. And so it's a very challenging uh, battlefield and terrain almost in the media space when you're in places of, you know, the spotlight. But I think just coming out and just saying, I've probably, I've probably fucked up, most likely have. I'm going to give it a red hot go and unpack this and open this up. This is all we can do. Hmm. I love your phrase, giving it a red hot go. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> pretty Australian. It's pretty Australian. <laughs> yeah, it sounds... Talking of phrases that you've used with us, but just before we started recording, you said the word thrivalist. Um, you described yourself as a thrivalist. Can you tell us what that means? And I think I want to be one, but I don't know what it is yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So for me, I've been doing like learning survival skills, nature-based survival skills for the past five, six, seven years, going to camps, becoming, learning how to become a teacher, teacher then teaching this stuff and facilitating it for other people. And that, that falls into shelter, water, fire, food. And I'm coming to a place more and more of, you know, yeah, I'm not here to survive. And these skills don't just allow you to survive, they actually allow you to thrive because then you all of a sudden are walking through natural environments going, well, like, you know, if it does get dark and I can't find the way back, like I'll be okay because I can eat that and I can sleep here and I can mm. make fire with that. And it's it's sort of, it's really been empowering because it's changed. Yeah, it's changed how I've I've been moving through the world a lot more. It's really just revealed that that, a plant isn't just a plant. A plant is so much more. It's a, it's a, it's a supermarket of, 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 of needs. And so I call myself a thrivalist, I think, because, yeah, I'm here to thrive. I don't just want to just survive. I want to I wanna thrive and I, wanna, I want my children to thrive one day when they, when they come along into earth. 
And I think that's, I hope that's why we're all here because we want to thrive. Wow, that's, that's beautiful. And I think there's something really interesting there as well of the fear of nature. But if you know what you're doing and you're just a bit more attuned to how you can be a human in nature and get along, <laughs> then a lot of that fear is taken out and then suddenly that opens up a lot of freedom. You can, you can go wandering without a map or you can go wandering without keeping an eye on the clock the whole time and just be a bit more free with everything. Yeah, it's it's actually feels sounds cheesy, but it feels like coming home to a degree, um, uh, especially doing what we do, you know, planes, trains, cars, stages, computers to have something that just is none of that and really reconnects and reminds me, oh, what is what is that purpose and all of that for? Actually, it's just to feel like for me, joy and, and ultimate pure connection because I feel my best self in the natural world and it never mm. feels like a waste of time definitely jake i wanted to ask about what happens next um firstly with the film what, what obviously it's been premiered in different locations the, the past few weeks but in the next few months is there going to be an opportunity for people to to see it online at some point like what, what what's the plan there is it all still being figured out still being figured out because we're a band and not a, a filmmaking company and it's so it's been all new all new learning curve I can tell you what the plan is, but I can't say that it's concrete. Mm-hmm. And the plan is to do to do a like a how do you call it? like a pay per view, a very it'll be very cheap and affordable way for people to access the film for twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping to do that in the middle of May, so that anyone in the world yeah can tune in from the living room, watch it, and then have a live Q and A following it. And from there, it's actually been accepted to a few film festivals as well. Um, so it's really yeah, it's it's going to the film festivals so that it, yeah, it, it it's considered as a film and not just a band documentary, you know, another mm-hmm. band's doco of their story. And because this has got a, yeah, it's an impact documentary in that it, it hopes to, to raise awareness. So I'd love to go through that circuit, build mm-hmm. a bit of a resume, a bit of a repertoire, see if we can magnetize any organic uh, distributors or organic people that want to be on our team to really then help get it to a digital distribution, hopefully by August, where every, anyone at any time can just, you know, get on their streaming service and watch it. Great. So that's the, that's the goal. Yeah. Amazing. And the second part of that question, how has it fundamentally changed your attitude towards being in the band and how you operate as a band in the future? Because having been through this process, I presume you don't want to step back and do things in the way that you used to do them. Our live shows have definitely changed a lot, without a doubt. That's like the, the biggest thing I've, I've seen like happen real quick. That's actually, you know what? You have to be more creative in what you do on stage, but it's actually easier and it's cheaper than having to book the, you know, the, the pyro guy to, to explode a whole bunch of fossil fuels. Um, <laughs> so not only is it cheaper and more affordable, but it's, it's less work um, having to get all of that. So it's been like a, yeah, a benefit, but then it's also, well, how can we be more creative on stage? Mm. So we're looking at those ways now. To, to definitely bring and evolve that space. How's it changed more? I think it's it's being more aware, more aware, more aware of everything. Um, and not and hopefully not to an obsessive level what takes away from the experience, but just sort of keeps us looking, keeps us questioning. I think that keeps us humble at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Great. This 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 in in this movie, Jake, we, we can see that kind of um there's representatives from the Green Party in Australia and there's a there's a there's a national election happening in a few weeks' time there in Australia. Is there any sense that um 
that voters have the climate crisis on their mind um, when they when they come to cast the, their tick in the box? 100 percent. Well, actually, not 100 percent. I think the figure is somewhere in the 70s, 70 percent. Uh, I can't quote the figure, but according to the polls, yeah, it's 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 massive. It's it's the single most ish, urgent issue appearing uh, without a doubt by a landslide. So I really think that we're going to see everything shift because it has to if we want to have more elections. Like we're on, we're at that point in a really sad way. And I went last night to, I got invited to just this little, the, the head of the Greens for Australia. He was in town last night uh, with the local Greens representative, Mandy Nolan, and they met last night and there was nine of us that got just invited. I had no idea how I got invited to this thing. It just happened. And there I am, the artist, like, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> and and it was just a really like, they kind of said when we were having this chat, in a really scary and sad way, this feels like the last election. Whether it's just urgency to garner votes or not, it really does feel that like this point of no return is, is, is quickly approaching and we can't afford to have another four years of of people that are just sending it backwards mm. more and more. Like we just, it's just, there's just no way. I mean, the statistics are insane. We lost three billion animals in the last bushfire. Mm. Uh, like... It's just, you know, we were ranked dead last for, you know, climate action out of 193 countries. You see, like, we should be crushing it with how much land we have in terms of being proactive and, and you know, able to, like I said, build a brick, brick by brick rather than a country as big as America trying to change overnight. It's way harder. So there's infinite amount of ways for us to get this right. We just have to do it now. And that next election is crucial. So that's a long long answer to your question but yeah it, it's it's crucial yeah and and for, for me the biggest thing uh, about green is the new black the movie is its message that it, it that it sends out that it says things can be done differently and i was wondering to to your other colleagues and peers that make music to the crew to the record labels anyone in the music community what is the signal that you wish for this film to send Finding the one single thing to say is, 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 is the challenge. There's no short amount of saying that. But I, I mean, I, it's, it's a call to arms in that the artists and industry, those that, that really care, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a subtle call out, I guess you would say, to, to pull our ideas and come together. It feels that way. In terms of sending out a signal without actually saying, hey, come, let's have a conversation. I think it's just saying that question everything and be brave, be bold, be kind on yourself. And I guess it also really just, I don't know whether the film sends the signal, but I look at us talking over Zoom right now to the technology and all the incredible things that we've got. And like, surely we can work this out, you know? So it's just, it's like, we've got this to a degree, but to not just trust that someone else has got this, like we have to have this. That really feels important. Like I want to hand, I feel like it's, it's handing the baton over to and saying like, you know, be brave, show us what you got, because it's going to take a village to make this happen. Again, a long-winded answer, but I think, I think that kind of encompasses how it feels. Faye, so I really enjoyed hearing from Jake Taylor on the podcast. Really, really great conversation and good person to connect with and hear all about their um, the work that they've been doing the past couple of years and their film Green is the New Black. Uh, what did you make of our conversation with Jake? Oh, just brilliant. And it's so inspiring to 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 find band members who just really go all in. I mean, it's no, mm. I mean, 
being the front person of a band, even touring a band, all of that stuff is a huge, you know, that's a full-time job. On top of that, he's made this incredible film. On top of that, working on their own um, emissions footprint. So it's, you know, so much work has gone into um, gone into the process and just trying to communicate the issues as best as you can. And, and I can't reiterate enough, the film is beautiful. It's shot beautifully. It's like really very mm. inspiring. So it's very much encourage people to keep their eyes peeled for it because it's not it's not available for streaming yet but it will be very soon yeah and i think um it was interesting to have an artist on the podcast who is i mean i suppose we talk we talk a bit in the past about like the kind of scales of engagement and we're basically okay with all of it you know there are some artists who don't necessarily feel like they have all of the language or the tools or the understanding to really speak kind of authoritatively on 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 this subject and that's absolutely fine and that's why organizations like earth percent exist so that people can you know still support the cause that they care about and then this is in a weird way this is sort of like at the opposite end isn't it so like jake is so so engaged he's literally committed to like my band is going to measure the carbon footprint of the album that we're going to make and we're going to go out and we're going to find the people who are going to allow us to do this and and just actively do it. it that's that's really inspiring as well isn't it Mm, yeah absolutely it's it's such a such a passion that he has for it but also a humility as well of just saying look this isn't perfect we're doing our best mm. and give it what was the phrase you used give it a red hot chance <laughs> a red hot go or something? a red hot yeah. go that's it yeah, yeah exactly love which that. I love yeah. that attitude it's like you know give it a red hot go just do your best it's not perfect mm. but it's like much better than sitting back and being anxious or guilty or all of those things so yeah good on him yeah yeah, their transparency in this film is really important, as he says, because that leads to the sort of understanding and accountability. There's a moment where, you know, I think they've just completed this world tour and, you know, they're, they're playing to bigger and bigger crowds. And so they're up in their live show and they've brought in things like CO2 cannons to fire like, you know, glitter <laughs> over the audience. And they've got inflatable, like plastic inflatable, like sea animals and stuff that was part of the show. And they kind of just have this sort of penny drop moment of being like, oh, no, this is this is we shouldn't be doing this like you know this is not <laughs> yeah. actually contributing to the the what we want the direction that we actually want to be going in so like kudos to them for basically being open about that and sort of facing up to that um and also i think what's really interesting is the fact that they go on this journey to make this carbon neutral album shows that it can be done and a bit like the sort of the discussions we've had around touring in the past the likes of Coldplay etc by going out there and trying these things they're sort of creating a blueprint for it you know they're saying like this is how you can do it sure it's not the slickest it might right now be a sort of quite challenging granular gritty bit of work to get done but the more people that go through that process the slicker it gets and so at some point an artist embarking on making an album it will be completely normalized to be able to understand what the carbon footprint of making that music is like that will eventually happen um, but it takes people like in hearts wake to go through the process to 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 start the ball rolling i think do you, do you agree yeah definitely it's like beating a new far, a path in the forest <laughs> um mm, terrible yeah. analogy actually because you don't want to do that you <laughs> want to keep the forest really nice but yeah absolutely is you know it's it's only it's hardest the first time someone does that work but then everyone else can keep building on it and it's it's a great thing to do um greg don't think you got away with that Coldplay reference by the way <laughs> i see i see you <laughs> I see. I can't get anything past you, Faye. Um, yeah, this is this is a lovely moment in the film. I'm, 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 I hope I'm not sharing too much. Like, I'm genuinely like 
well, I, I'm not spoiling anything by saying this, but they, they when they offset the record, they go and plant um, the trees that they're doing that with in, in, in the kind of um, indigenous trees local to them, where the band is from. And they invite lots of um, the, the fans of the band and the family. And it's just a really kind of heartwarming moment. Um, and so, yeah, there's so much in there. Like, as I say, we cannot recommend it enough. So do go and seek it out. It's called Green is the New Black. Um, and just on a broader point that Faye mentioned earlier, does feel that there's very much something stirring in Australian music, uh, in, in the Australian music community when it comes to climate action, lots of energy, real sense of purpose and action and innovation with some of the ideas that the likes of Heidi Lempfer are working on. Um, they also launched the Environmental Music Prize that I mentioned on the previous podcast. So do go and check that out. There's lots and lots happening. And I just hope that sense of energy spreads to to other places which i think it is right yeah absolutely it's it's great to see all the action that's happening over there so Faye, have you got a recommendation for listeners before we leave everybody on this week's podcast yes i do i would like to encourage all listeners to go to spotify if you use it and type in no music on a dead planet and see if you can find our music declares emergency no music on a dead planet playlist we get different artists and different groups to curate their no music on a dead planet tracks every month or so we used to do it every week but that was crazy they went by so quickly so yeah. now it's around about every month and at the moment it's boomtown festival has curated the playlist so it's like all the kind of music you'd expect at boomtown all of the songs in some way like lyrically or emotionally relating to the climate crisis and, mm -hmm. and the solutions and positivity. So it's a really great playlist at the moment. If you're a fan of Boomtown um, Festival, that one's for you. Um, next month, it will be something different. So if you give us a little follow on that playlist and then you can have moving music to inspire your climate action every month refreshed. So yeah, give us a follow. No Music on the Dead Planet playlist on Spotify. Brilliant, brilliant. I'm going to do that right now. Uh, my recommendation this time, uh, just over a week ago, it was the International Music Summit in Ibiza and Earth Percent collaborated with the Reset Rebel podcast out there on a couple of special shows discussing music and climate action. And I want to point listeners towards one called Reimagining Ibiza, Dreaming Big. Um, it's presented by uh, a friend of Sounds Like a Plan, Sophie Schnapp, and the episode speaks to, among others, the legendary DJ Pete Tong. Um, really, really interesting case study in terms of looking at a particular scene and how um, they can play a part in um, music's progression towards a more sustainable future. So really, really interesting discussions had there. If you search for Earth Percent Radio on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, you will find it there. Um, as always, we will post links to our recommendations in the show notes and shout them out on our Instagram. So do check out both those places. Um, so that's it for this episode of Sounds Like a Plan. Thank you for streaming and we hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time on the podcast. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sounds Like a Plan. Faye Milton was your host along with me, Greg Cochran. The podcast is made by New Allotment. You can find more about them at newallotment.com. This episode has been edited by Josh Tyler and the theme music is by lightandthunder.com. Artwork is by Stuart Stubbs. Until next time we're together, thank you for listening.